Um, but hi guys, welcome to another episode. Uh, well, bonus episode, off-season episode of the Yellow Pill. I almost said twenties covers right now, for whatever reason, <laughs> of the Yellow Pill podcast. Um, all right. So for this one, as you might already see in the title, actually before that, if you're not following us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, follow us on Instagram at the Yellow Pill Pod, and on Twitter at the Yellow Pill underscore Pod. Um, you can also send us emails at the yellowpill.pod at gmail.com um, if you care to do so. Um, also, rate us um, on whatever podcast platforms you're listening to. It helps us get more listeners. Uh, we're not your, obviously, everyday podcast, but you know, please do share us and let people join in on the phone, pretty much. Anyways, that is out of the way. Today, we're talking about, I guess, um, elections, potential elections coming up. Um, in our home country, Nigeria. And obviously, if you've been on Twitter over the last couple of months, um, at least since most of the political parties, the major ones in Nigeria did their primaries, there's obviously a lot of, there's a wind of change or there's just something different about this one. I think also on the back of the NSARS uh, protest that happened two years ago, it's wild that it's actually been two years already. Um, But there's, obviously been a bit more interest in what's going on on the political side of things uh by our generation by generation i mean like millennials gen z's and you know those under let's say 35 um but anyways so there's for those who don't know there's three main candidates on the running now um i, I guess i'll just keep give a quick rundown for again we have listeners from all the different spaces so i will use names but also kind of like use maybe descriptions to get a better sense of who's who, right? Um, so Nigeria, like most other places, we have like two major political parties, but they're not necessarily different in terms of political ideologies. They're really just a body and group of men. And actually, um, candidates have jumped and you know switched party flags multiple times. Um, one of the presidential candidates that is running on one of the people that is not the opposing party or the party that's not the opposing party is has also been a flag barrier for one of the other main parties, right? So that just lets you know it's not really about political ideologies and everything else. Um, but anyways, uh, over the last for the first sixteen years, Nigeria's democracy we were ruled by one particular party, uh, the People's Democratic Party. Um, and they were out by the opposition party, which is called APC at the moment, but they've sort of like, it's, they've grown and different, like third party oppositions have merged together to sort of like become what we know as APC today. And I think they first came into power in the presidency in 2015, um, with Mohamedou Buhari, a former general, uh, and head of state, I think during the military rule in Nigeria. Anyways, that that particular election was a bit significant in the sense that um, that was the first time uh, PDP was going to let go of power. But it was also where I think my generation got a bit more involved in politics. Well, I don't know if you remember, but this was 20, yeah, like 2014, up to 2015. I won't say there was a lot of voting going on, but there were definitely a lot of arguments about we're tired of this old person in there, good luck, Jonathan, and everything that was going on. And there was a sense of, oh, let's bring someone new in. And, you know, Buari had run a couple of times. I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's not the point of the conversation, but I thought it would just be good to provide context as we move to this next part of the conversation. But anyways, um, Buari came into power. There were people that were not really okay with it. Um, and warned our generation or whatnot of, you know, bringing someone like that back in. But everybody just wanted the old 
um, regime out. Buari came in and it was very interesting four years. And in the re-election, I think, um, you know, folks were less enthused to vote for him, but, you know, his party won the election again. Um, and now we've come to the, we're now at the end of his second term and about to approach the next round of elections. Um, now this is where the three-legged sort of like thing sort of like comes in. And Willie, feel free to jump in after I wrap up this session or this section. So uh, remember I mentioned at the start, two political parties, uh, main ones, uh, not separated by ideology, it's just by personnel. Um, and so one candidate now, one of the third candidates, Peter Obi, was actually um, on, he was going to, he was, a, he was on the vice presidential ticket um, in the last elections for one of the parties and wanted to get on the main ticket this time around um, with uh, one of the other candidates, um, Atiku Abubakar. So let's just mention the three names now. We have Bola Ahmed Tunubu, we have Atiku Abubakar, and we have Peter Obi. So Atiku Abubakar and Peter Obi are both in PDP, or were both in PDP at the time. And they were kind of like going to be represented or trying to vie for the tickets in the primaries. But um, Peter Obi pulled out at some point, stressing that he wasn't comfortable with the processes and whatnot. And, you know, before that, I think everybody was sort of like buying into the idea of him uh, being the president, like the flag bearer for PDP and just getting ready to out the APC government. So I'm mentioning this because, you know, in 2015, the idea was we need to get one government out. Right, they were tired of this particular party in power, which was PDP at the time, and then APC came in. Now the idea was okay, we're tired of APC. Let's bring another party in, and it was going to be PDP at the time, hopefully with the face of Peter Obi. But then Peter Obi pulled out, and a lot of people were actually sad the day he made the announcement that he's not in the running anymore because everyone sort of like felt like so now we have to pick between two lesser evils again. Um, and then he announced that he was going to be. Um, on a Labour Party ticket, which again I've not mentioned them at all before, because they're not necessarily a major party. They're not even yet. I would even call them a third force because they've only ever won one election, um, a major election, governors, a, a governor seat, I think, a couple of years ago, and they hold no seats in the House of Assembly, House of Reps. So they were really relatively unknown. But since Pretoria has joined them and become their flag bearer, they've definitely become a lot more apparent, at least in the urban South. Um, and among the urban generation and things like that but anyways so those are that's sort of like bringing everyone up to speed and the only reason i did this for our nigerian listeners is for those that are not too familiar with what's going on in nigeria because we have listeners across different spaces but i'll shut up here um wale please save me that i think that, that's the record of that's that's a record time for monologues ever <laughs> so i think you, you beat my record let me see the time to about, just like Eight minutes. About eight minutes. They're about all done, bro. No, I mean it's it's a it's a chat just to pretty much um even if you're not Nigerian, you know Nigeria's story of corruption and politics and how our politics is well no let me specific. Excuse me. How um, our, our government is not the best. Um on on top potential this story goes on corruption terrible security basic amenities absent um ridiculous unemployment rates um youth youth um youth life youth life livelihood is is inexistent um like the list goes on and we've we've broken many records for things you know in terms of poverty in terms of population in terms of unemployment it list goes on I think yeah. being Nigerian synonymous with a complaint. 
about the about nation ever since obviously I was born and you were born and most people were born I believe except you were born in the 60s then maybe you had a different era but in our own lifetime millennials and then CNC maybe it's always been synonymous with complaints so obviously like this is another season of elections because in Nigeria we know that mostly most most cases a president uses eight years not <laughs> not four they use they they once again gains power they like it to get elected again um so the last dude of the current dude the guy in power um Start, his name starts with B, the old dude, um, is about to exit next year. And obviously, now is the time for a new person who can take a two-term, well, a one-term candidacy, a one-term presidency, but we, as we all know, one term is often two terms, mostly. What, mm. was, was JEG two terms or one term? It's almost weird because, you know, he came in halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, yeah, so, so JEG had like a, a time and a half. Yeah, time and a half, right? So he was, he was kind of like the first person that only did like one term, but he was yeah, longer but, than one but term. But it was two term because it, yeah. Got, yeah, yeah. it got elected again. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I always like, in this, in this era, normally we always had, as you said, we always had two devils, PDP, APC, to, to decide from. Yeah. And in 2015, I remember everybody thought this was, the, this was the year Nigeria would become a changed boy. Yeah. Because we had a new parent coming to town. Yeah. Who was a disciplinarian who wouldn't take nonsense from anybody. A parent would be strict for the boyhood of Nigeria. Turns out the parent was not even same, but it was actually Sky himself. So it wasn't Mufasa. It was yeah. actually Sky himself. And it made things worse. Um, and every possible hyena you can think about became on this in Nigeria <laughs> to I today. Um, but obviously now we're now back again. Our scar, Buhari, is leaving. And now we're back again for a new election next year. And then there's a new guy who seems to be, and I quote, in the, in the lead, according to an NOI poll, an ANAP poll hmm. that they conducted. He seems to be the lead um, in the elections ahead of, as we said, um, Tinibu, who represents APC and Abubakar represents PDP. Yeah. But if someone, if someone's wondering why I'm talking so fast, it's because I've been parking all day and I'm just like pumped to like do, do this <laughs> podcast. And jump jump back to parking, but obviously I'm joking. I'm doing it because I, I want to be here to talk about it. But also my body just I'm be parking all this. I'm just like pumped. Um, yeah. but, but back to the chat. And I I, 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 saw, I saw the poll. I saw the AMP poll that I sent to you on on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, first of all, Nigeria is not it's not, it's not known for good data research. Whether it's descriptive or prescriptive, mm. it's not really known for good data, right? But let's look at the poll. So the poll says, um, according to this poll, the poll says that Obi is in the lead. And if you look, if anybody Googles this across the Economist or, Ga- or, Ga- or the Guardian paper, you see, you see them um, also, what's the word? Also publish it. And according to the poll, it says that mm. for many Nigerians, Obi is the preferred choice of voters, right? If elections were held on mm. the day the poll was taken. Right now, of course, like you can sit down and be very excited and be shocked, but as we all know, it, it may not always be <laughs> that way, right? And also, the other, the other question is like this poll was published in twenty sorry in fourteenth of September, twenty twenty two, right? And it showed that of all voters, Obi had twenty one percent of voters were going to vote for him, and thirty percent were going to vote for Tinubu, and about I think seven were going to vote for. Atiku, I don't know if it's seven, but 13 for Tinibu and 21 for um, Obi. So obviously it was in the lead. But again, this, it looks like the data was from just 17,000 people, according to what I'm seeing in The Economist. Right? 17,053 respondents. Right? And 
and and from that i think a lot of it was was an was was an app app based poll so it was a poll that was connected through an app <laughs> online right mm. and that means we're calculating mm. population of people who have access to the internet which are probably going to be mm. between the young um the young yeah. population younger population but also those who can afford the phone those who can who are also smart enough to use a phone those who are educated right mm. so the sample size itself might be a bit biased right this is where research is important because you have to look, look yeah. at data and and have a a good strata of society which i don't think this poll represents so mm. the question then becomes does this poll actually reflect peter Obi being the actually true true lead well if you go by twitter and everything we'll still say yes mm. but as you said to me bro the other day that i think some i think you shared me a post that said twitter accounts for about three percent i mean no i don't number but it was a very low, it was number yeah. of population of people on twitter compared to people in nigeria um, I can't remember, but I know it was, but it was obviously it was, it was very it was it was, it was very low. Yeah. It was very low, and if you yeah. look at that number, it was yeah, like that's crazy because mm. you know if that's if that's that low, given that people even people on Twitter, there's no consensus on Obi. There's still mm. a bit of debate on who, but you yeah, can exactly. imagine if, even if even if you say okay, Twitter has about even if Obi has about seven percent of Twitter users, that's mm. still very very low, right? Yeah. So, do we actually think he can pull it off? Do we think he can he can be the one to pull it off? Can he actually get? in power next year. I mean, he's definitely doing better than expected, 100%. We, we can't sure. deny that because yeah. he's leading a race as a, as a third as a third party yeah. compared to the two big boys. He's leading a good race. But he has a good chance because his opponents are not the best at all and they have a lot of enemies across the nation. Enemies literally across the nation. Right. Tinibu and, yeah. and, and, and Atiku. Bro, hold your chair, yeah. please. Yeah, and <laughs> And now is the best time. But our worries are two things. One, no, maybe three things. One, trusting the INEC to do the job properly, right? Two, having the population size that can vote, actually have capacity to vote. No, actually have the requirements to vote. Yeah. Right. And three, ensuring that this guy's message can reach, can reach people around Nigeria because I think our system of elections work, I believe. Um, you have to capture, obviously, it's, it's, it's not only by numbers, but you have to capture also the number of states yeah. in certain regions. A percentage, yeah. Yeah, I think about, yeah. There's, I, I think it's 21 out of 36 states. Um, you have to have um, more than something, a percentage of the votes. Like, it's not straightforward, just yeah. Yeah, majority, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, if, if yeah. you have 36 states, right? And, and 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 let's say like in Nigeria, in Southwest, we have about um how many states how many states do we have in Southwest? Southwest we have um Oyo, Ekiti, um Oyo, Ekiti, Oshun, Ondo. That's three, um Ogun and Lagos. So that's six states in the Southwest. If you're counting, I mean I won't count Kwara as that, but yeah. Southwest is is six. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, so I was just going to say, like, for me, like, I, I get what you're about to do and this breakdown you're about to do. But the other thing for me is that it's not even so much about, like, there's that element, right? The technical bits of it and looking at the numbers and seeing how the poll translates into that. And there's also just the idea of, like, we all, we all saw, like, leading up to 2015, I'm sorry, this next election, the last one we had, 2019, was it? Yeah, there was just... For me, the distance between what APC eventually got and what PDP got was 
was quite was a wild margin like for whatever reason i know we all thought oh yeah you know um um article coming from the north will split the northern verse because see for everyone who's listening the what usually happens is that like you know whenever whenever annex is announcing results you know whenever they're announcing like lagos or whatever or the southwestern states you see like you know heavy numbers you see like maybe two million three million four million votes and then it's like split in a very nice way like maybe 70 30 60 40 and then you just see the they, they used to call them the kkk states so the cardinal the castina and the canoes you they'll come with like huge numbers of votes and then like 90 percent was tilted in one direction so like for me i'm like I'm just looking at all of this now and I know obviously in the Southwest, like you said, and we said earlier, there's this vibe for OB that is going on, right? Um, but it's like even within the Southwest, there's still that split. So even if it took 100% or 90% of the Southwestern states and Southeastern states as well, like where he needs to really make ground and even some of the articles I've said is in the North. But that aside, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's what I was going to, to be honest with Sam Charles. I was yeah. going to say like, even if you can make ground, if Nigeria, if Nigeria ended at Niger, play two, and Taraba downwards, mm. right? Mm. I can say yeah. this guy, this guy might win the elections, hundred percent, right? But honestly, even downwards, if like that, that's that's what I've the vibe I'm getting. That he might not even it won't be as straightforward, is what I think, because I feel like there's just this, uh, there's this illusion, not illusion, but and I don't want to sound like a cynic or anything because um. I do think there's a, there's a, there's momentum going on, but the other part that I probably want us to talk about, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, is just this also idea of waiting, like him being, like, do you, what do you think? Do you think everyone is looking at him as a Messiah type of figure that, you know, everything we've seen about him so far has been better than everything we've seen so no, far? No, there's so, no... Or it's just we need I, to get these other and parties I, out. And I know what and I know where you're going, but you, yeah. but you can't go there because cause going there is unfair. Because yeah. you're about to go and say you don't think this guy can even if this. I I know where you're going, but it's unfair to go there because you are you are you are you are you're canceling hope. Mm, no, and, no, I get, I get, I and get. and we can't cancel hope. No, no matter no matter how dire things are, without hope, then then none of us have any have any reason to live. Fair, 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 and. Just to clarify, like what I'm, what I'm trying to do is not cancel hope, but it's because th- there's a downside to the energy that is going on right now, which is one of what of one of these articles represented, or even I think they asked him this question, but it'll be this question of what happens if, like you know, he doesn't win the election, like does like does he think he is, like everybody else would accept the results? Because th- that's another thing I'm worried about in a bit, in the sense that like okay, we then all go and whatever happens happens like our boots because this was the initial worry that we had during the buari the first buari's first time of gg and buari that okay even if we manage or every the country manages to vote pdp out of office like is that like are they going to accept the results in that sense and obviously gg did the unprecedented but civil thing to do which is considering victory right um so may i I guess I'm just looking, I don't know if it's fair, like you said, maybe it's unfair to look beyond the elections and, you know, look beyond, let's even get in someone new into No, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a worthy question whether, if, whether they accept the result, but I think, I think that's like step two. Step two. To worry fair about. Point. Fair because, point. Because, because we don't know, I mean, the world is watching. I don't see how a government of APC 
and or PDP would commit such things you need to commit to decline the results ah. hmm. that that would not lead to the chaos that they can that, that they cannot afford they can do they can do they can do the trump style right yeah where you, you where you where you say this is this is not this thing we're taking to court all of that i get yeah. that but the other style of force and everything that would be enhanced and that would be that would, that would be surprising i know we have this thought about nigeria as lawless. as mm-hmm. lawless but i still believe like some things just can't happen like like that because we're lawless. I don't think. I think. Do, do you know what it takes for a government to try and say no? Well, first of all, it depends on the only people that can actually decline the result and cause cause trouble is APC, not even mm. PDP, right? So PDP yeah, is not in the picture. Exactly. So yeah. if so, the question now is if OB then wins, right? And, and APC say no, you can still have the other party PDP saying, "Well, it is what it is. You guys are out." So like. True. So like, so like, so like, so like, even a three man race still means something, but also we Mm -hmm. don't know the the amount of support that might happen. We don't know what might happen on the ground so far that someone can win an election to the point whereby people come out so much that the government know know that it's, it's, it's hard. And you never know, like those people who, who would probably also contribute to chaos if they decline the result, like people in public services. Your your police and um all those paramilitary people. Yeah. When power changes, or when power when power seems to change or might might change, people you don't know Dynamic, what people's yeah. true true this thing um, how how it's going to true true motives or true intentions or true thoughts might might change as well. But Fair. I think that's been going ahead. I don't know where the guy's gonna win. Yeah, sure. I, I have no idea. <laughs> um yeah. I think that I think this is the most interesting race I've ever experienced in my life. Because it's yeah. it's it's not a three man horse because I don't think I don't think I, I don't think Atiku is winning this thing. Um, <laughs> but but the thing is, compared to the last one, Tinubu is so yeah. unpickable by some people. Like like Tinubu yeah. like Tinubu yeah. as, as an option. Nobody is saying maybe is that a yes or no. There is no like there's no arguments like yeah, maybe maybe no is that a yes or no. Yeah yeah. There's yeah. no middle ground on it. And Atiku is a guy who has tried so many times. And I, I was going to say about Atiku that he like he's the only he he's always the sort of like so far every time he's run right he's presented himself as a calm version of whatever like a better or less pal- a more palatable balanced version of whatever it is that is out there. So if it's a staunch you know. Muslim or whatever in there, he pitches himself as the balanced view. If it's the extravagant, powerless sort of like GJ type character, he pitches himself as the heavy hand. So he's always like he's never stood for, and you can even tell from the campaign. Like it doesn't feel like he's ever stood for. This is why. I mean, I think that's the difference with sort of like Peter B in the sense that, and I don't know whether it's a thing of they've done maybe they did a research or it's just how his character is. But I think what's why is also appealing to is the certain audience that is appealing to besides everything that has gone on with the country. I think it's because like, it's like you can say this is what he represents in a way. Although political sort of like writers and things aren't questioning a lot. Like every time I read an article about 
Obinao from well-respected or at least well-known papers or whatever, they always flag that he's never, like so far, he hasn't really substantiated his conversations around what policies and things. But for me, I even think that's like an unfair question to ask because I feel like they wouldn't ask that to other candidates, but because he's sort of like pushing forward as this is what I want to do, they're trying to dig into it and try to break down his answers. Like, and I guess because on the intellectual level, you're like, okay, yes, because every time I watch an interview and he mentions security's priority and all of these things, like for me, what I can vibe with a lot with him is good intentions or good enough intentions. And you know, just a I guess he's saying what people want to be hearing in a different in a way that doesn't seem political, right? Bro, the only thing for me about these elections, because I don't trust I don't trust I don't trust any of them. The only thing yeah. that the only good news if if Putelby wins is that it's under evidence that people can change things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and, and that's the beauty of democracy. Where if people can change things, everybody everybody has hope that if you're there and you mess yeah. up, things can change. But also, yeah. it reminds those who, who are the incumbents that yeah. no, no matter how informal our system is, no matter how lawless our system is, there's only so far we can go that people would revolt. Revolt, yeah. And I agree with that. And I honestly, I, I hope that's what comes through at the end of the day. And, you know, this answers some of the, or at least touches on some of the things I mentioned earlier that felt a bit hopeless. Because, you know, during the, enters a bit as well the idea or the narrative from some side of it was that like you should just like you know like nothing's going to happen from this is sort of like the narrative that was following it a bit right and obviously this ob um surge and whatnot is sort of like a layer on top of what had already sort of like started as a movement of that answer. So that's one evidence for me to show that okay because it, it answers my question that I was going to ask now which is the fact that or the thing I raised earlier about, okay, I know you said it's a step further. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. But just what happens, like, if people then don't get their desires now, does it, like, what, what then becomes of this? Does it make people feel a bit more hopeless that, okay, we, don't, we can't really change things? Or, like, NSARS, because NSARS, you know, we, there were certain demands that were listed at that point in time that we wanted to happen. We wanted to see something happen. But, you know, gaslit by the government, all of these things happened. But we're still seeing this energy like come together and build up towards something else. So for me, I think it's evidence that, you know, it's not, I think we, a, a large enough part of our generation maybe understands that this is not a um, final battle or a one battle thing. It's like you have to consistently be doing these things. Like you make a lot of progress. It might not seem like progress in some seasons and then you continue to push. Yeah, but right? like you only have like, once, once in four years. So, like, if I'm speaking about presidential change, it's only once in four years you have you have time to do anything. And, and so that's and that's that's the point I'm making. That like for me, it's not the elections are just another flashpoint in this. For me, it's that you know, Entas was a flashpoint. It led to a bunch of other things happening that now people are a lot more engaged in something potentially like this. And so I'm just saying that you know, if that other flashpoint happens, no, no, but no, boys, no, it's not only answers, bro. Like Nigeria has been terrible for the last no, four years. Like I think even just mm. even just like forex itself, people are pissed. Forex itself is oh no no something that pisses. Yeah, so, I think, so when I say answers, I don't mean like the problem of SARS itself. I'm saying because answers was not just about the 
problem of SARS. I think it was bad governance as a whole, right? And the first thing that everybody came together to figure out was that whole period, which is what, which is why this coming into this, like nobody's doing this because like just because of, you know, police brutality, right? This is a lot more than police brutality, like you're saying right now. So that just clear my points there. And like they've all they've all promised to they've all promised to like oh I won't steal, I'll deliver Boris speech, I believe that guy, man, in, in <laughs> 2015. Yeah. You know, they, they all promise and stuff, but in the end, like, there's always some things, like, I feel like we can easily say some things and it's like, I, I, I can say stuff like, oh, like, every president should come, every candidate should come with, like, a plan and best, and best to know somebody's true, true um, ability or true capacity to see their team of cabinet who they bring along mm. you know which focus on senate i believe that's even the focus that i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think i think people should 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 always focus on because and and guys listen to me like i'm sorry saying this because sometimes easier said because because you're not there mm. but across across all democracies i've noticed i've noticed a trend is that there's never ever emphasis, celebrity emphasis, you know, magnitude, attention, microphones, cameras, flashiness on the Senate's or House of Reps kind of positions. Yeah. As you get for presidency. Mm. And I definitely believe it's deliberate because that's where <laughs> that's where the ginger happens, bro. They always know, they always know that at the presidency level. If you, if you think if if that if people fight at for that level if people fight with their friends or fight with their neighbors about who they go to vote for president and they keep their attention in that in that space, that's when they can sneak in. They can the, the party can stay safe. Yeah. But it's people like people who pass the bills, people who put pressure on president, people who can impeach. It's the Senate. It's these guys who who have posters just like next to that tree in, in your <laughs> in your place that will say what um, <laughs> M- M- MJK Sonny going for those are the guys yeah. those are yeah. the guys not even a local level but even those guys who go from local to, to Abuja Sunny yeah. House yeah. yeah right so I mean I remember when this guy went that Femi Baja what's his name Baja Femi Baja yeah 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 because yeah. then, then I was like, I was Lagos then like that guy went <laughs> almost like what's the word I'm looking for it, it went it went automatically because like even when they campaign as well they don't they, they don't really campaign like presidents like people going in senate and stuff yeah they no just, they do to they, the yeah 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 and they get voted in as well so i think sometimes as well our focus should also be on that because almost like a response to your earlier fear or earlier um reality check yeah that even if the new guy comes in What's what's going what's gonna change? Yeah, right. I feel like response to that is focusing a way no 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 on the presidency, but also on that Senate. Yeah, yeah. But you know, to because okay, continue because sorry. No, no, go on. Yeah, no. So I was just gonna say, like you know, just to be not the devil's advocate, but like just on the other side of this is that I also understand how a significant enough, um change on one point can trickle down in some kind of ways right like so i understand i understand that because what's the alternative is the alternative to not be pushing for the presidency and then 
you know, figure out how to do things because then the other alternative would be oh, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. It's not a zero something now. We can be, yeah. We can do both. Both, yeah. I know exactly. And that's right? what I'm, I'm, I'm just playing. Both. I'm just playing. You know that side of the conversation. That to say that both are actually important, right? And whichever one you can tackle first and feels. I feel like the presidency is easier to tackle because you can galvanize enough people on that one single focus as opposed to having each person. Because again, we do even know who say. Like I don't even know any LP candidates in in those like smaller areas and stuff, right? And who knows? Like again, you know, there's an argument for the fact that like obviously Peter Obi didn't go through any like vetting process or whatnot in before becoming like the LP flag bearer and stuff like that. And so you know, there's also the sense that someone can argue in a world that Peter Obi is not necessarily the perfect candidate; he's just a lesser evil as well again debatable in different ways but I'm, I'm just trying to paint a picture here that like there's just i don't know i'm going too far with that point so let's let's bring this back to, to this particular conversation so our senate elections will hold next year 25th february same time right? with uh yeah and we have 109 districts right yeah. and i think for 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 example for your states where, where we are born right mm. there's three people that can go from your states mm. Right. And currently, right now, they are APC. Which is Teslim Fodanri, Abdul Fatai Buhari, and Muhammad Kola Balogun. They are APC. Right. <laughs> next year, those those going next year, again, um is APC and PDP. APC and PDP, APC and PDP. Yeah. Only. Right? You know <laughs> So Yeah. Go on. I, I, I was gonna say funny enough, I think Another thing that can happen here is, and you know, someone has actually raised this fears. Not fears. Even of Lagos, Lagos, Lagos yeah. is Tinubu's wife. Is yeah. um, Tokumbo Abiru. <laughs> you know, is these guys? Is these guys who, who like, we don't know. Like, how did Remi, how did Remi Tinubu get into <laughs> this thing? It's just like we just do it automatically with our eyes closed. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. but like, but like that Senate is where things because it's Senate. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. So what I was just going to say is that, you know, so, and this is me answering the question of some other fears, not fears, but the concerns about, you know, party seats and things like that. Um, in the sense that if, like, Peter Obi ends up winning the elections or whatnot, there's a possibility that he kind of, like, goes back to PDP, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, Jiget, in the sense that, you know, people were kind of, like, going to vote for him on the PDP thing because of him, right? Nobody was really thinking about party. We're thinking about the candidate and whatnot and what he could do. So maybe the answer to the structural problem of if whatever, like, because one of the concerns that I've raised is that if he wins the presidency, right, and then he, like, there's zero LP seats or LP members in any of the houses, both either Senate or House of the Rep, House of Reps. Like, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's yeah. stifled. Yeah, exactly. And so, <coughs> well, eh? well, eh? <coughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, no sorry, sorry, guys. Anyways, and what? And that's why in America, you see that they're always fighting in the House that in the House, you don't get a two-thirds majority because yeah. the president incumbent be hung. Yeah. Is, 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 is hung to dry. Yeah. You can't do yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because so, any idea I, you have, they will pass it away. They will, they will pass it away. So I, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually just painting a scenario that, you know, because I feel like if, if he won like under LP and then they were talked about him going back to PDP, I feel like there'll be a kind of outrage on 
social media or whatnot. But I'm actually saying, in my own sense, that would actually be strategic and it would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. It would make sense. It would make sense. (laughs) It would make a lot of sense. And it's just quite annoying because I feel like the the PDP as a party, they've, honestly, they've just been scoring own goals since GJ. Like, I don't know if it's all everybody's prayers that is, but it's just weird because they've been a very silly and toothless opposition, right? And I think as a, as that's as a result of never being in opposition before, right? Because, bro... bro no, the reason, is, the reason is this. The reason is what? this. When, 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 since, ever since Bori came into power, yeah. the defections to APC were massive. Yeah. So those were the PDP, those who had a lot of PDP Stalwart, experience, those yeah. were a lot of, those were a lot of um, experience in power in Nigeria mm. when PDP was in power. A lot of them defected to APC. Mm, fair. So you, so, so Nigeria being a state of political, social, capital connections led. You have to be who is with nepotism. The, yeah. When people like that leave, it's not about paperwork anymore. If if <laughs> if, if PDP has new new members, they can't they can't they, they can't still hold the same power as those who left yeah. held. Yeah. Fair, yeah because fair. if. If um, if as a get man your boss goes to APC from APC from PDP to APC, if you as a get man you go you go to you go to APC <laughs> too. Whether yeah. a get man whether you're is you is police rider whether you are is um um uh, is 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 is, is, is NPC plug, mm. it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird because you know then it then makes the article story a bit funny, <laughs> not funny but just interesting because he's done like he's been a presidential candidate on freaking both sides and it's just yeah it's it's just one of those things because then it then argues the point that okay so what if pdp like what if ob wins and the whole defect into pdp that we mentioned like is that actually i guess it's strategic and makes sense to start giving pdp out of power but do, do you think there's enough of a difference now that apc guys wouldn't Actually, let's even say LP wins. Like, do you think, like, is there a world where people then start to try to defend? Because there's something that's happened now where Peter will be released a list of those who's on his, like, um, um, campaign, presidential campaign list and whatever. And I think there were two or a couple of names in there that people had gripes with. I think one was a general who was kind of like part of the whole entire thing. And then somebody else who people had questioned, like, look, questioned. That, guy, that guy cannot get to the power to the seat without people who we don't like. Without people who are sinners, it is not possible. Like in the country that that we are coming from, you you can't get into that seat by having only saints. Guy, no pause. It's not possible. It's just just not because we know how it works. Like even not Nigeria, every every kind of you just need. I mean, maybe maybe not the UK that has like a a constitutional monarchy state. That's different. But every kind of pure democratic state, it's it's like connections and people like. I, yeah. I, and at that level of 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 government, like what's going on, it's just handshakes and 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 re- reciprocal deals, reciprocal agreements, power broken, you know, paybacks, power broken, pretty much. Power yeah. broken. I, don't, I don't know what that word yeah. that phrase means, but I trust you. Um, <laughs> <It's a check>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like. <laughs> oh my god. So I so so I so I think I don't think I don't think he can get to that point having just saints in his locker. You know, it's that's the thing, like in Nigeria, like I mean around the world, but part of Nigeria, like they're all dining with the devil. It's just for us to choose whose spoon is the longest. Yeah. 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 Right. But 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 the person with the longest spoon still has to pay some some checks to some devil worshippers as well. It's inevitable. 
It's inevitable. Sometimes yeah. I, I feel like I want I wonder I actually need to check the history of the US um Democratic and Republican ideology and how that's how that formed. I think I've I've taken a look at it before and you it's it's a bit it's a bit mixed. There's also this like movement because you know I, I think a lot on a lot of things they agree, but on very contextual issues they've developed like separating ideologies and have just like camped in those spaces. But it's funny because what we then I think you find out that what we know as I think either the Democratic or the Republican Party, like it actually broke out from the other side that just held separate views about something. But it's always been ideological for the most part on specific like contentious issues. But generally they kind of like are the same thing, right? But then now it's now become a lot more polarized. Um, not because the ideologies are different, but it's just become a machine that is feeding itself in that kind of yep. way, right? But So yeah. I guess our message today for everyone, um, 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 I guess our point today for everybody <laughs> listening is, to, is one thing. Well, first, the polls that were released by the NOI polls, NAP polls, which I tried to check their credibility online. I couldn't mm. really get, I mean, as, as a director, I saw the stuff, but I couldn't really see where the data and how data was conducted properly. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but but according to the Economist, it was it was off a mobile app about seventeen pe- thousand people, etc. Yeah. But my point is, from that poll, we can't really take it seriously because a it reflects September twenty twenty two elections are still mm. next year, right? In June, June, right? June. Yeah. Oh, people don't even look too far. Just all you need to look at is the uh, when Trump came to power the first time. Right, like honestly, I woke yeah, up. Exactly. I, I woke up. <laughs> I woke up that morning so, very surprised. Like, yeah. So, so, so such polls may not really reflect Nigeria's reality of 28 million people. Yeah. No, sorry, 28 million. How many are we? One We're 100. Yeah. Almost 170, yeah. bro. Even, yeah, if not 170. 200 million uh, is what they always go for on, on a lot. So, yeah, there's that point. Number, point number two is, obviously, it's a game whereby we know even if our preferred candidate is not going, we can't lose hope. We can't keep we can't lose hope. Yeah. We, can, we can try to minimize that de- dejected feeling, but also mm. targeting and keeping an eye on, on the Senate seats yeah. as well. Because I think that's an, not, maybe not equal, but that can, that can suffice for a good enough replacement for a win if you can get candidates that we want into the Senate seats yeah. in power yeah. in your state, Lagos, Ibadan, wherever you're listening right now. Um, point number three could also be that the guy we're all hoping to get in, right, cannot get in without dealing with the devil, unfortunately. So we have to come to terms with that fact as well, if that eventually happens, you know. And maybe number four, hope that if, if, if it actually happens, we, I mean, maybe, maybe that's, even too, that's a bit too far. Let's wait till <laughs> next year first. But if you haven't gotten your PVC and if you still can, I think it's, can, wait, can people get PVC at, at this point? I'm, I think the registrations have closed in most places. So what's going on now is collections. The collections. Well, if yeah. you haven't got your PVC, if it's still possible, please do. Yeah. Um, spread the word around. And of course, I think definitely, I think once I also visit Nigeria as well, it would be good for me to visit and have another view of things across the country. If I do visit, I, I promise to do an interview with people around the around the badon um to, yeah. to get their views on the election people on the road people on people 
people in bars. I'm definitely up yeah. for that. I'm thinking about that a lot. Do that yeah. when I visit Nigeria. Um, that would be my side project. I'm maybe just get some insight. I think as we as we get near to elections, we'll pick up steam on on these uh, on Nigeria's um kind of Nigeria's um yeah. elections and conversation so that we can push forward with that because it's very because it's a big yeah. year for us. Um, it's almost it's eight years after That's the okay. last big year, you know. So this mm. can be another mm. one. I mean, because people people in power right now and people that are, are approaching are approaching the seat. Some five year old Abubakar um, Atiku. 70-year-old Tinibu who looks 100 <laughs> and a 61-year-old and 61-year-old um, Peter Obi. You know, the options are a bit odd, right? A bit odd. But we're, again, we're going with the lesser lesser evil as, as always, as we always are faced with. Mm. So, but we just hope things get better. Yeah. Amen. Amen, amen. And, and they're actually excited about, or like the point you raised about closer to the elections. I almost feel like we might just even run a mini, like, yes, we'll have our on-season episodes because wherever the elections happen, it might not be on-off-season, but I think even regardless of if it's on-off-season, we should still, like, run a, like, side piece of maybe 20-minute conversations every week or with responding to, like, stuff around, happening around elections, pretty much. Like an election. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, like finding find people around in, in, on the ground in different states. Yeah. Um, I've got guys in Play 2. I've got guys in Abuja. I've got guys in the North. Yeah. Um, I think I've got a few guys as well in the yeah, southeast. So if you can plug into that, that, that should be good. So, but definitely, I definitely want to give back to Nigeria in whatever way I can, <laughs> which is what we're also doing with the project on Instagram, which will you guys find out about? Uh, maybe uh, yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see if we release <laughs> that. But yeah, yeah. Um, everyone listening, thank you so much all for right. another episode of the LP Podcast off-season bonus episodes. Wish you all yep. the best this week. Um, the times are crazy. Times are mad. Times are ridiculously, <laughs> absolutely bad shit. Crazy. But we live. We live. We live. We live. We live. We live. All right, bro. Hop off. All right. Cheers, bro. Thanks so All much. Right, yeah. Cheers, I'm going to bounce All now. All right. Safe. Cool. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this off-season episode of The Yellow Pill. We're still on a break, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks with new and fresh and exciting content. But before then, make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Yellow Pill Pod. And on Twitter, yellowpill underscore pod to keep up to date with everything else we're putting up until we come back. See you next week. <laughs>